welcome to uh, episode 6 of the FMF State of Mind podcast. Got a full house, some new faces. Introduce yourself, people. Hey, my name's Ness, and you can reach me at Nescavelli at everything on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. And just excited to talk about all the recent current drama going on and the Eddie Gutierrez situation, which I'm glad finally transpired. But yeah, it's me signing off and holding it off to somebody else. Yo, what's up, guys? Antonio back here for another episode after a week off and uh, ready to talk about how Chivas is going to be the champions now after five straight wins and ready to talk about that trophy snub that happened today, but we'll get to that. <clears throat> yes, Rafael Hernandez still mad about the Pumas game, but a little calm, a little calmer, but not that much. Especially after we also lost yesterday again. That's not good news, but like happy for the youngsters, for the uh, um, for the call-ups. Still not as happy as most people. Biftuka, but we'll see about that. We'll, we'll talk about it. And this is, we have two Rafas today, so this is the other Rafa. Um, like others, I'm very excited to talk about uh, these upcoming games from the Mexico national team. This youthful squad and looking to the future now. Uh, and as well with, with the Guti transfer that just happened tonight. Uh, excited to talk about that as well. And yeah, well, let's just dive right in. I mean, starting off with the first game of the weekend, Atlas Chivas. What is you know, going baby. on at Chivas? <laughs> go ahead, just start. Just you know, start talking. Baby. Just go. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, baby. Come on, what else do you think was going to happen? You know he was going to hold that W. A little bit of dramatic fashion, but I'll take it. Atlas uh, looked like Atlas out there. They did a score again, which they hold the record for not not scoring a goal. I think, what is it, 600 minutes at this point now? The 700? I don't know. It's just a lot of long hours. So I'm glad Chivas got the W, and I felt like uh, it was midweek win. Uh, well, not midweek, end of the week win that kind of helped us catapult into the weekend. So it really ended up helping us these last four or five games have been really crucial and you know everybody talking about when when uh, what is it called uh, Cardoso was going to be out and I don't hear that talk anymore so I'm glad that there's stability in the Chivas camp at the moment yeah at least for the time being as a Pumas fan I'm just going to tell Chivas fans like they, they don't rest on those laurels because beating getting a victory against first first against Veracruz then against, um, which was it? Uh, Necaxa and then Atlas. That's same tax situation Pumas was before, so they yeah. have to be. Was the same I mean, Liga MX, you just have to beat who you're supposed to beat. Yeah, exactly. a win's a win. Thank you. Thank you. A win's you a win. You got to win the win, and anything else yeah. is just cherry on top. Those wins pushed us to fighting for a playoff spot now. So, will they ho- hold on to it? I hope so. But I hope oh, we hold on to it, baby. They know the point. They know the choice. The the good thing was yesterday. I think more important than than well, not more important than the Atlas, of course. But the better of all, I take all, all those three wins. I think it was a better sign yesterday. Victory against Morelia, Morelia, and the Copa MX, like because Chivas played well. They were the better team and. They were the better team, and Cardoso made some moves. They went, they went down, and they yeah. still came back. And so I think that game it should give Chivas fans more hope than well, not more hope, but like 
since but still Saturday against Pachuca is gonna be the the, the real test because like as what they get a real test they might spiral out. <laughs> Same time they're not um America Pumas or Cruz Azul at the moment either though. I feel like uh, what I'm th- I'm talking about Pachuca is I feel like it's not it's an automatic W for Chivas but I feel like that's a game that's one of those gimmies like they had been having for the past week where you're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win and this is one of the games they're supposed to win in my opinion. Pachuca has picked it up. Has picked it up like Gutierrez. Well, they're not. Well, maybe now that he just lost the boy. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. I mean, what the hell is going on at Atlas though? I mean. They're they're I think I yeah. think it was a Tom or something was like tweeting out some stats. They're like top three, top five, and all these like offensive categories that involve shooting the ball yeah. and everything, but they just can't score. I believe they have like a hundred and seventeen shots made yeah. this season, zero goals. It's just confidence at this point. Like they believe they can't even do it, which is ridiculous. You can feel the desperation whenever they're attacking, you know? Like they're not they're they're not passing up any chances. They took, like, they took 16 shots against uh, Chivas. Chivas only took nine. <laughs> yeah. Now that Matias Cauterucho from Cruz Azul has picked it up, like I think the new poster boy from the terrible foreigner is now that Jefferson Duque from Atlas. Like that guy doesn't do anything, man. He's like, he should be that, like a forward. They don't have any forwards and they have that Colombian Duque and he's like now the poster boy from bad foreigner or the... Like the prime example of bad foreign players in Mexico now. Now that Colombian wingers are gonna Colombian wing. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the Rivero guy that they just bought, Octavio Rivero. I mean, he's he's the striker. He was com- he was coming in to replace Caraglio after they lost him, but he hasn't done much either. Ricky Alvarez, the former Inter Milan Ooh. man. Alvarez was no, he got injured. He he once he got injured, uh, he was the best player in Atlas. And once he got injured, like Atlas, in the yeah, first. I agree. Half, I agree. He was he was the only shining light, I guess you could say, on that starting eleven. But after that, man, I don't know. Rafa Marquez got a lot of work to do. I'm telling you, Rafa just gonna come in on the corner and score his damn self at this point. Like he <laughs> is getting he went, desperate out there. He, he went went to retirement too quickly. Well, they were complaining about him last season that he was holding the team back, but I think he was holding him up. <laughs> <clears throat> just, I just, wow. I mean, how do you not score a goal? <laughs> I mean, at this point, you got to start bringing the goalie out on set pieces. Like, you got to start doing something, man. Like, we talk about a coach that's on the hot seat right now. It's like I think I'm surprised he hasn't been fired yet. It's the 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 league record for the amount of time since the goal has been scored. You guys ever heard Kanye's song "30 Hours"? That's how I've seen it right now. 30 hours, shit is wild, bro. Like you can't believe this. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not gonna get any better because next week they face Tigres. So, Gignac with the hat trick, calling it now. Yeah, and they're not gonna score either. Not for it's a good victory for Chivas still like that. Like get like the the classical victory. Like I think that's score points for Cardoso and everything, especially because technically it was away. So that I think Chivas um it boost it might boost the season, but let's see what they do with Pachuca. Yeah, and they always play better at the Jalisco anyway, Chivas does. Last season we lost. Yeah, they do. 
as bad as they were, as bad as we were, we still lost to them last last season. So, so no, they, they were still <clears throat> the Concacaf Champions Cup. They like they they gave away the league, right? Yeah, that was also a factor in it. <clears throat> but we'll I mean, see what happens, man. I mean, what players have for Chivas for you guys have kind of sparked this hot streak? Chofi, Orbelin, Gil, like did really well, and I felt like halfway through the week because of all the games that were going on that he just really got exhausted, and it showed, um, especially against Atlas. But um, overall, the players have been kind of coming on. There's uh, Godinez. Would he have that? Uh, he had that go off the, off the central that was uh, his name's escaping me right now. But that counter attack against Morelia to get that secure that second goal was was clutch, honestly. And just Se players of him, Orbelin, we're down to our third goalkeeper at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't help. But I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if we'd be doing as good if we had our first choice goalkeeper at the moment, which is kind of weird, but. Overall, Polito's absent as ever, which is like, Jesus Christ, do something. And then obviously you have people talking about Salvador still, that he doesn't deserve to be there. And well, Godina should really be taking it over a spot as far as starting and everything. But, you know, you kind of have those debates going on. But Orbelin's been huge this week, especially with that golazo that he had. And, yeah. yeah. What are you guys going to do about Salcido? Is he just going to slowly ride off into the sunset? or just... I, don't th- I don't see any fans. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm hoping so. Like, when they were talking about him might be playing, like, right when we were starting to get hot, I was like, ah, please don't. <laughs> please don't. You're going to ruin this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still open to starting a GoFundMe just to make him retire, man. He can't. Again, I got five on it. He, he does more damage than, than, than he helps, for sure. But, yeah, like, uh, the, uh, all the young players at Chivas are doing really well right now. They're really starting to... They're really starting to prove themselves, especially in the Copa when they get more minutes. The guy you were talking about, Nestor, I think it was Edson Edson Torres, who made yeah, that Edson pass. With like yeah, Edson Torres. Yeah, he did that slide tackle in yeah, midfield. Yeah, great with, with hustle after. Shit. I think it was a uh, was it a free kick that Morelia had? Yeah, and it bounced off, and then uh, yeah. their defender was going to get the the rebound, but then um he really just slid in there and took it, which it was like a 50-50 ball, and he ended up getting it, and then from there he led the counter attack. Get the go to Godinez, which was a beautiful play, and yeah, that youngster stepped up in real big way in the Copa game. So we might be seeing more of him. Well, I want I want to ask you guys here because you guys are Chivas fans. Uh, I mean, how much credit do you guys give to Cardoso? Because uh, personally, when I watch Chivas, uh, in particular, I think you guys touch upon it. Um, Orbelin has been brilliant, uh, but sort of that right side with uh, Chofis, Orbelin, and Van Rankin has been uh, superb and. Uh, I don't know if that's just a coincidence or do you guys give like Cardoso any credit for it or I give Cardoso credit because players as like last year that Sandoval Almeida didn't know what the hell to do with him and this season I feel like he's really starting to come into his own he's been lacking the last couple games but it doesn't take away overall the fact that during those first two three wins that we have gotten in the past couple weeks he's been instrumental to those things and He's been, I feel like he's not used to the work he's doing at the moment, but he's doing a really good job. Definitely credit to Cardoso, but but the players as well. After going what they went through over the summer, that whole that whole shit show that 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 ensued and everything, you know, it can, it can drop the motivation for the team, especially after losing the coach that got you, you know, that you know took you to the promised land so many times and your best player in Pizarro. But they 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 came together and um, they didn't they didn't you know back away from Cardoso, they're listening to him, they're 
they're um, <clears throat> starting to get more into his game, and and uh, it's really starting to show right now in the season. Hopefully, it continues. Almeida ain't walking through that door, so they they better buy into this guy's plan. He's been he's been rumored with a bunch of clubs lately. I think even like Atlas or something. I've seen on like over the past few weeks, Almeida has. Talking about him going to Leon también, which I've been like. Yeah, Leon or or Atlas as well. He came out and said no about the Atlas rumor. Did he? Yeah, he was. He, he, yeah. That that was that was a long shot. Hey man, he's got no job though. Gotta get a job. I thought he was really close to getting to land in the Costa Rica thing after um I think I heard his wife was looking to to enroll their kids in the schools over there but nothing ever came came from it. Yeah, that or the Paraguay rumor as well. Nothing ever came of that. Who knows? No no national teams are hiring right now. Osorio's still still without a job, so that whole thing is like on standstill. Hey man, I heard Uruguay needs a coach. They do. <laughs> And so does the U.S. And we play so both of the them. US. Everybody, everybody, nobody has a coach. All the all the teams that we're once, playing. Once one coach gets signed, everybody else is getting signed. Just just wait for it. The carousel will begin. Yeah. The domino effect. Um. Yeah. Moving on to Pachuca Puebla. Pachuca dos. Puebla cero. Um. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but Guti, he went out as a captain and he scored a goal in the seventy seventh minute. So. What a way awesome, to go off for him, you know? I think he knew he was going to PSV already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a great game, and especially that Golasso just capped it off, and that's that's gonna leave a a good a good mark for all Pachuca fans to remember him. I didn't think this deal was gonna happen. I'm glad it ended up happening. <clears throat> Some people were saying it was because of the Champions League money. I don't know if that's true or not. The reason it took so long. I, I heard that too. Either way, I'm glad. I think it's. That, you know, I, it's it's twofold. Um, the guy in the summer, it was between him and uh, a New Zealander, Ryan Thomas. They signed Thomas. He got injured, right? He like tore up, I think, his knee ligament, so he was done. So then, they, once they got that Champions League money, they threw the, a couple extra million that Pachuca wanted, and boom, deal's done. Deal's done. Finally, finally. I wonder how much percent of that contract Pachuca still has. Probably thirty percent. I mean, I think that's what they did with Lozano and uh, Herrera. Yep, and they're gonna get paid with Lozano. Ooh, jeez. Oh yeah, they're. It's just smart. I mean, just reinvest in the club. I mean, look at if you look at their roster right now, they still have all these young guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got Eric Aguirre. Eric Aguirre, Damn, Victor Guzman, pa- yeah, Pablo Lopez. I mean, I think Tony Figueroa. I, I think one of the problems with Aguirre, not really so much a problem, but like. He's so flexible. He plays so many different positions. I see him all over the field every game, either as a, yeah. as a fullback, as a winger, as a central midfielder. I mean, he's just – maybe he'll move into central midfield now that Guti is going to be gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to add. That's what I was going to Next, Capitan. <laughs> Look, the fundamental problem for Pachuca is uh, the reason why we're not sitting here and calling them candidates is because – while they do have like a lot of youngsters that are very talented, uh, I don't think they've been able to fill in, uh, you know, that hole that Irving Lozano basically left when he when he moved on to PSV, uh, and then they lost Jonathan Ureta Vizcaya, which 
sort of made things worse. I know that they went into a transfer market and bought and bought Ulloa from uh, from Leicester, but uh, I, again, I think fundamentally the reason why we're not making a big deal about Pachuca uh, is because I don't think they have the the attack that they used to back in the day. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Their for their signings, their foreign. I mean, they have been in the decline. Like every year, you get one a bust and a, from a foreigner. They had like some push. He was a bust in Pachuca. They the Franco Harris getting old, and he never and I never thought he was that great even at his best. That they got the Ojoa dude who might be like a good, but he was uh, he already he was playing the Santos game and he already missed like three chances. So. I think they they haven't been as good as at signing foreign players as they had as they used to. Except on defense, in defense they have they <clears throat> done well, but not up, up top. They haven't been as good. They haven't had as good guys as they used to have when Damian Alvarez and Chaco Jimenez and everything. Chaco Jimenez, he just retired like last week, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw it. <clears throat> Hanging up his boots. A bunch of players been retiring. But um, speaking of Pachuca, um, it's good to see uh, Victor Guzman, like, finally, uh, you know, ever since he came back from the injury, he's finally starting to score again. He's had, like, three goals in the past four or three games. So he's been really fundamental for Pachuca. He always has, even before the injury. And a lot of people were worried if he'll come back the same way. So far, he's yeah, looking, he's looking good. Huge. Yeah. He didn't get called up either, right? He did. He did. He did, he did. get called up. Oh, yeah, okay. He did, which is good because he originally, I think, did last year. But nice seeing that even after the injury. If he didn't, I think he would have probably taken a, he would have probably taken a Peralta spot for the World Cup. Yeah, he got he got called up for the Boston game. He he got injured that same week, yeah. that week before the game before. If he didn't, I think he he would have been. And then they called up Henry sure. Martin. So yeah. Uh, I know we. <laughs> I know Henry we... Martin. Who must fans don't want to hear that name right now? Yeah, but I think he would have been a better call up than Pulido. Like if you ask me. Oh, for so, sure. I think I think he, Tuca just called up Pulido just to call him up, cause just to fuck with him. I don't think Tuca <laughs> did. I don't think Tuca called up any players. Yeah, I think the federation. It was the federation. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Tech Federation finally doing something right. Man. Let's not talk about that. We don't want to jinx it. Um, just for I real mean, they're not out here taking pictures of Trump either. Damn facts. And you know what's funny about that? About the about the U.S. Soccer Federation president and the FIFA guy meeting with the president and the White House. If you go on U.S. Soccer's Twitter accounts, they don't mention it at all. They don't. They didn't publicize it at all. What does that tell you? I was tweeting at them. They didn't shit. I was like, I bet. That's true. Now that now that I think about it, all I've been seeing on their Twitter is you know Clint Dempsey retiring. Yeah, well, this isn't an MLS podcast, so. Anyways, um, yeah. I mean, anyway, like Chivas saying would say, "Get a chinga la América." Well, real quick, speaking of Chivas, I know we kind of talked this uh, off air, but Trophies turns twenty four years old in like a month. He uh, he is only a couple months younger than Eric Gutierrez, who's been captain of Poop, uh, Pachuca for three years. What are you saying? I'm just I'm just like I'm just amazed. Gutierrez has been a captain for so long now. 
Oh yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. young. He's been yeah, man. That, that. 161 or 71 games. Yep. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, just just crazy. But uh, anyways, but what do you guys think about Puebla? Are they just gonna hang out the bottom bottom third of the of the standings? Yeah. I mean, they I thought can... they I thought they were gonna do something um after last season getting so close to the Liga. But it hasn't looked that way. What do you guys think? <clears throat> they keep playing like well that same the same deal every time. They play well at home, get the results at home and away they just they they beat it um they got a victory that against Toluca at home, they got a victory against Atlas, who of course everybody beats. And by the way, they're just, they're just like a blank check for the, the other teams. Yeah, I mean, Puebla is like just, I don't know. It's almost like when I see them on someone's schedule, I'm, uh, I'm just like assume it's three points for the other team. Automatic W, baby. <laughs> Come on, you guys. It's not Veracruz. Come on. No, yeah. Veracruz is solo. So we, we're questioning that whole thing now. I picked them in the Canela, and I got my I, and I got my ass bitten, and I was I was pissed. I was like, I can't. I was like, the one time y'all want to win, I was like, this. I was like, this. Their coach doesn't even have a license. It's been eleven years <laughs> since he's renewed it. Like, I can't with this team, man. It's crazy what's going on down there. They're fighting for their jobs. <laughs> they're fighting for the organization because they want to dissolve that thing because they're getting investigated right now. Or they're saying that they're going to open an investigation, but they find anything with them, they can find anything with half the teams in Liga Mekki. So I doubt anything's going to come out of it. Nothing's going to happen, guys. Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> it's true. Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. But uh, Rafa, what happened in the Pumas Club America game? Uh, <laughs> which one? Which of the two? Because they're both Pumas fans, by the way. I know that just makes it just more interesting. Yeah, like oh I've God. never been as mad. Like this was, it was like I've never. It's like a low point. Like I've never been as mad with my t- with a coach and with my players, with the team, because like you can that that it was embarrassing. Like it was embarrassing to against America, your big rival. The way they they play after Carlos Gonzalez scored, it was pathetic. Like it it was eleven against nine players, and you had Pumas like. Giving away, throwing the balls away, no counter attacks, just throwing it away to Pablo Barrera to run out. It was like the most pathetic thing, and I, I, I want the coach. It was like I wanted the coach fire. I still do because it's gonna be the same thing that last year. We're gonna have like a good start, and then the team is gonna just fall. And it because the team last year it felt. The team wasn't as uh, it wasn't a good. It's not a good squad. It wasn't either last year, but they were playing worse than that. And you could see that the team had internal clashes. Uh, there were no confidence. There's no confidence in the team, and it has the coach has to be part of it because it was you. You can't have a team playing like eleven versus nine. Like I, I said, seeing Toluca be Leon played Toluca and, and uh, at Toluca, and the game was like. The same score to the one, and you, and they were eleven against eleven, and you saw Leon having plays, Leon having chances, Leon, este, Toluca had most of the chances, but Leon was dangerous every time, and then you see, and you compare that to Pumas eleven nine, and you had 
America, still, it looked like America had the 11 players and Puma had the nine players. So we're all like wasting them. I heard some people. I mean, yeah, but Arribas, yeah, about Arribas getting you know, injured. Like that, it wasn't. It Arribas, that Arribas injury had nothing to do because he got injured, jumping over the ball, like clearing it to like he was doing. They were already doing that, clearing the ball out for whatever to outside, the, the, clearing the ball. Uh, uh, crazy. It was just that. The typical game of like a guy when one is 10 11 just wanting the game to be over with, and you had 11 players versus nine. It was embarrassing. Like, I American fans, the Pumas, they could literally say, like, it's like when Cruz Azul, when they could never get results against America for like 10 years. That's the way, like, like it literally, Pio is nine two, he has never lost against Puma. And that, and he, they own Pumas now. They own they own, while Piojo is there and Patiño, they own they Piojo owns David Patiño like like a totally owns him like to, completely. But they, I mean, Pate. you know, from the from the get go that they're coming out with a defensive formation. So I was stunned when Pumas automatically scored within the first two minutes. Off like, no, it was it was first minute. It was kickoff. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But I felt like from then on end they're gonna they're gonna end up try to bounce back and. It was an aggressive game from from uh, from America, and you can just tell just based off two players being sent off. Which one of them you could say, you know, was that really deserved? But uh, which one of the fouls I didn't agree with. But overall, as a whole, I just feel Pumas didn't play at their best, and they relied on that opening goal. And they thought that was going to set them through, and it didn't. Is that the Pumas has this mystique? Like it's not always the best team, but it always people always say, ah, oh, the mystique that they fight, that they're brave, and sometimes. And they, when they lose, they lose at the, with their eyes, with their head held, held high. But that, that's what is, it was embarrassing. Like that two, I never seen like once Carlos Gonzalez scored, the game was like done for them. They were all like, oh, let's, let's, let's go with the points. I need I never, I don't remember ever seeing any team that's up, down, up two guys like playing like that, like they, with. It's the standing balls away. It, I, don't, I don't think if you, you see like Panama playing Brazil on their 11 versus 9, you, maybe you will see Panama playing like that, like throwing the ball away and clearing the ball outside. But team Pumas against America, 11 versus 9, clearing balls, the, making t- wasting time, the, wanting to get out there, that was embarrassing. It's embar- embarrassing and it, it was embarrassing. As a Puma fan, I'm embarrassed by that performance, and I I don't think I I bend that way. Like one time when Cruz Azul beat Pumas five nothing at home with Kikin Fonseca, that was was terrible. But like, and you and you add that we we were coming from Pumas uh, America kicking our ass in the Liguilla four one and two to one. It was like six to two. That that was bad enough. But like last night, you come from two losses at Liguilla. Face them and then do that awful job in the Azteca. That, that's 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 not that's that's unacceptable. And I think Patino should like get start writing. Supposedly the rumors that Jaime Lozano is sniffing for the job, and I, I will, uh, I'm all for Lozano, man, because I, it's gonna be the same thing with him. He already had two seasons to do, and it's the team. I don't think that, and with Arriba's out, I think the team is done. Like that season, they're not gonna qualify to the Liguilla. You agree, in Diaz? Well, I think the fact of the matter is, uh, I can com- that the coach is just not not very experienced. He's not very good. Um, I think 
usually I'm, I'm very hesitant to just put all the blame on the coach, but I think the coach is 100% to blame for this one. Uh, and it's not just this game. It's been throughout, throughout the whole season. I think this, this was just a big fluke. This whole start where they just started top of the league, I think was a big fluke. I mean, if you watch Pumas uh, on a game to game basis, they, I mean, it's not to say they're, they're a bad team. They are just not as good as they appear to be in the league table, if that makes sense. I, I mean, mean, their they, last four games, let's see, they drew, they lost, they lost, and they drew. So they, they're winless in their last four League MX games. So it's it's been downhill since that hot start. You're yeah, right. but I mean, I, I know there was a lot of people who were like, you know, Pumas is the real deal after, you know, four games or whatever when they were top of the league. Uh, but, I mean, if, if you actually sat down and watched them play, I mean, it, they're not a bad team, but they're not to a point where they're a really, really, really good team. Or we're not talking about top four, top five, top six in Mexico. I mean, at best, this team is going to sneak into the league, yeah. But are we talking about a team that's going to make the semifinal, make the final? Unlikely. And it, it has nothing to do with the players. It has to do primarily with the coach. The tactics are just not there. Uh, I mean, we're speaking off air, and, and I told you guys that when Club America scored the first, their first goal, it was straight out of a Saldivar kickoff, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, as a coach, if, if the other team scores like that, I mean, you, you have to be furious. You, you have to be furious. Um, and the fact that it just nothing came out of that, it was sort of like, all right, America scored, all right, moving on. Um, and, you know, back to that, the whole 11 versus 9, I mean, there is no way a team who, who has two less players than you you know, gets the chance to score, puts you under pressure. Uh, I mean, credit to America. I mean, in particular, Ibarwin was, was spectacular. He never gave up throughout the whole game. But, I mean, you just can't I – mean, that doesn't happen. You know, that just doesn't happen. And, like, uh, like my namesake here said, um, my tocayo, um, you know, if, if it were a regular game, you know, Panama versus Brazil, 11 versus 9, sure. Or if Panama goes ahead and sits back with nine men, all right, that makes sense. But I mean, in a regular game, it, it does like we're, both teams are more or less, you know, e- equally talented, or there isn't like a sizable gap. Uh, there is no way a team that has nine players, you know, has a chance or to even gets the opportunity to score. This is, in fact, it, it, you don't even have to be uh, super, you know, knowledgeable at soccer to know that with two extra players, all Pumas has to do is just keep possession of the ball and hope the game ends, and that's it. I mean, it's that easy. It's that easy. And they somehow found a way to concede against a nine-man Club America team. I mean, come on. That's and that's not, I mean. I don't the worst know. counter, the no midfield. Like, when Pumas was doing well, like, the it, it came right a little. And I kind of feel bad because I like Kevin Escamilla. He's like a young player and he's done. But there was like, the Pumas was, everybody was always Pumas that, that people didn't um like it, it came a little bit under the waves that the Marcelo Diaz left for Racing, and people were like, "Ah, well, they were Pumas was high, and they were oh sad, but whatever." But I think he was gonna miss Diaz, and he would definitely miss it. a guy like that would have been a key uh, against America. He would at least have been able to hold on to the ball. He was, he was able to create plays. He was a lot better than Gonzalez, and people are and because Kevin Scamilla had a nice start, I think. I think he, that's another dumb thing Patino did. And I don't think, I don't know if Diaz left because of that, but but on the first game, the, the, the game of, he, he missed the first, Diaz missed the first game because of a red card. And then Escamilla started that game, played well against Veracruz, who sucked. 
And then against Necaxa, he, asked, he, he was supposed to play, he didn't start. So he got in, left in the bench for Escamilla. And Patiño said, oh, the best players are going to start. And then maybe that could have influenced because Racing was coming in. And they bought, they, and so Diaz left for Racing, and which is a dumb, uh, not a dumb thing, but you, uh, it's good that Escamilla has the chance and everything, but you don't say, if, if the coach says something like that, probably Diaz is going to say, um, I'm not going to get playing time, and they're going to offer a money when there's a team already there. you got to be smarter with that and say that things aren't equal. And sometimes you, you can't be like, oh, well, trying to be fair and all that. And now Diaz was definitely missed that day, and, and we don't have anybody in the midfield like, like Diaz with experience and Escamilla. And, and you saw that. There was no counterattacks. There was the midfield did nothing. It was all este, defenders este, sending crosses out to Barrera and Barrera playing like este, playing like Barrera. Those Barrera's like, been having oh, a good season, right? Yeah, he was having a good season and all that. But he, he when he was the only weapon, like everything, and he everything was just goes weapon. to him, I guess. Yeah, he was. There was no single. They, I think after Gonzalez had Pumas didn't make a, a didn't have a single. Dangerous chance, a single counterattack, because the midfield there was there was, was there were nowhere. They were all sitting back, defending, probably scared scared about America, and and, and you needed a better guy. And there's no there's no guy. Marcelo Diaz was head above shoulder, the best the best player, not not necessarily right now because he's a veteran, but career wise, everything like he's World Cup star from the European and. And he was like the best player Pumas had in the squad by far, and I think it's a it was a really bad move to allow him to leave. Do you think with, uh, uh, Pumas finished the season with their coach, same coach? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Especially like, they lost against Necaxa so yesterday. So now, like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe people don't see it that way, or maybe it doesn't happen. But I think if because it happened last year, last year we great start and we got. A little lucky in the last game that Pumas got at um, first Puebla lost at home and I was at that game and then they got a, a, a lucky big a super lucky victory away at Santos and get gold when they went to the Liguilla. But I, I don't think this year it was the same because we had like we had Nico Castillo, we had the same team, we had the same squad. Barrera I think got injured, but it was basically the same team and they just started playing poorly and it was all mental and. and Mental. That and Nico, goes, Nico's gonna be in the Champions League now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. We got kind of like the surprising result of the weekend. I don't know if you guys agree, but Veracruz won Cholo zero. What the hell happened? Definitely the short best. baby. Well, surprising. Chivas earned that W. That just proves it. Just a couple stats here of this game. Cholos had sixty-four percent possession. They had 18 shots on, 18 shots to uh, Veracruz's five. Wow. And passing, uh, Cholos had 468 passes, Veracruz 279. And yet, Jesus, that's like half. <laughs> and yet, that's like half. Cholos did not get one goal. So, and they lost 1 0 to the mighty, mighty Veracruz. The mighty Veracruz, Veracruz that, goalie that might not exist better. next season. What'd you say, Ness? 
I said Veracruz goalie played his tail off. Yeah, he was the highest oh, yeah. rated player for that that whole game. What was yeah. his name again? Anytime Veracruz doesn't concede, then the goalkeeper that that goalkeeper has to be the goalkeeper of the week. <laughs> he's done he's done good over the past few weeks. It's just the Veracruz defense let him down. He's you know, I feel like whenever I look at highlights, he's one of I see one or two of his saves and He's a really underrated goalkeeper as far as what, you know, you kind of expect coming out of Veracruz, but he's one of the gems that they do have. And, you know, against the games like people like Cholos, where Cholos won't have the best game, Veracruz can sneak in and maybe get a goal or maybe get a penalty and end up winning the game based off of that. Well, I was going to say, believe it or not, I think this was this was a bad matchup for, for Cholos at Tijuana because uh, this is a team that's primarily uh, defensive-minded. And they were playing a team where they were sort of forced to go on the attack. And they're not very good at that. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not entirely surprised. I, I'm surprised because Veracruz is just a really shitty team. But um, but I, I'm sort of not that shocked because I know Cholos Tijuana is not very good going forward. Uh, in particular, now that they're missing Gustavo Bo, uh, who just left them this this current transfer window. Uh, I don't think they're, they're just good at all when they're going on the attack and, and if you sort of force them to go on the attack they just don't know what to do well Cholos I think Cholos is going to bounce back I mean I don't know I really like the addition of Fabian Castillo I feel like anytime he's got the ball he's just just got to pay attention to what he's doing I mean I, I, I know he wants to start and when he gets he's always demanding the ball so I don't know, I'm kind of excited to see him play out there it's going to take him some time to mesh well because they got a, a lot they had a lot of turnover they have a lot of new players like Castillo, the other Castillo, Eric. You know, just everybody's just trying to fit in. So we'll we'll see if they can do it. But that yeah, this definitely was the most surprising result by far. It's League MX. There's always gonna be at least one of these weird results where you're like, really? And it's, and it's usually oh, yeah. gonna it's usually gonna involve a cruiser. It's usually yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's usually gonna involve a cruise. <clears throat> uh, maybe not as surprising, but I mean a little surprising because they didn't score until. 91st minute, but Necaxa won, Tigers won. I mean, I feel like we talk about it every week, every time we do an episode, like, Tigers should be better. They should. That penalty wasn't even a penalty. Yeah, well, they, um, and the thing is that we, we missed, because we didn't do a podcast as well, the, in the between, but Tigers, did, they were coming up from a big victory over Veracruz for 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 nothing and playing well, so I think maybe they're also getting Atlas at home. I think they're gonna be bounced back. And the thing with Tigres is they get hot at that. They just need to get hot when they get hot, which is at the end of the season when Guignac only starts scoring. So even though just they get they are just making the liguilla once. Well, the problem is going to be if they do something like they did last year when they got all overconfident against Santos and gave the gave the series away, the title away. But otherwise, I think that you they have the, such a talented squad and a coach that knows things to do, so knows what to do. So I, I just as long as they qualify, they're always going to be dangerous. Are the Tigers yeah. the equivalent of the Cavs and Warriors in the regular season last year, where they're just kind of coasting, coasting, coasting? 
They might be. Yep, I mean, they even um, for like yeah. Yeah, but remember, everybody forgets that they coasted all season and then they got hot, but then they they got a, a, a victory against Santo and then they coasted in the, that second game and lost out than mm-hmm. with Manuel Guzman. So that um, took a rail against the team against that. So I don't think it. I don't think they're gonna be they're gonna be more prepared. But the, everybody remembers that the, um, that when they won the title against Monterrey, they they were coasting all season and. They even even Monterrey beat them that last day of the season, and then they came back and won the title. The title, so they they just need, like I think they're gonna be a dangerous team if they if they if they're healthy, if Guignac is healthy and and Vargas and all those players are healthy. I think they're gonna be a dangerous team in, when for the Liguilla. For sure, there's no. It doesn't matter. Like, no matter how many you know upsets or like you know ties or points that they give up during the season, they always manage to find themselves. In the top spots in the Liguilla, they always manage to find themselves at least in the semifinals. Um, I mean, it's true with the roster they have; you would think they'd be blowing most teams out, but um, you know, like 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 Rafa said, they're always going to be they're always going to be dangerous. They're not they're not a sleeper by by any means. Can I play devil's advocate here? Because I don't think they're that good. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I think they're getting getting progressively worse. I know we probably you guys are probably going to disagree with me, but I think they've they've been getting worse every single tournament up until this one. I don't they, see there, there is there is something that 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 people I don't know they haven't been making a big deal, but it's like they have a big weakness that is like Juninho just went to crap, and they've been using Torres Nilo as as a center center back, and he's not a center back, and and I think the goal. By that 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 Davila goal came because of a mistake by him by Torres Nilo. And supposedly I, I haven't seen all those all of them games. What people who who know and have seen it, they're they're all like that. There's a big hole big, uh, a defense because supposedly Juninho is done for. He's like he's not gonna get. He looks like he's done, and they don't have any guy to 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 stop him. Because well, they left. They, they, going they, made a, they made a big mistake that Colo dude from. The French they left left let let him go. Then he's they supposedly he's he just got into trouble in France, I think, for not paying taxes or something. And he I think he, he he's he's in jail now. But that Colo dude they let him go and now they don't have any center backs to to for to plug that hole against Juninho. Well and uh, Aquino's hurt. You know, contusion, he might have ligament damage because they're gonna do an MRI, so it's just another player that's out for them, so it's gonna be tough for Tigres, but I mean, like everyone's kind of said, I don't really judge them. Deep. Yeah, I don't really judge them until, like week, week what well, fourteen. Look, <laughs> well, look for me, it's just primarily the way they've been playing. Uh, I know sometimes I feel like they win their games solely because they have so like so many talented players, but in terms of just substance, in terms of tactics, in terms of style of play, I think there are better teams in Mexico. Uh, I think Tigres at least the last two seasons has just been sort of like, just cross the ball inside the box, just get the ball, cross it inside, get the ball, cross it inside. And I think at some point that's just not going to work anymore. Um, you have an aging geniac. Um, you have, uh, again, injuries to worry about. Uh, you have that, that sort of gaping hole in, in the defensive part of the game uh, with Juninho now sort of out of the picture. I, I don't I like, maybe we'll talk about this later with our power rankings, but I don't, 
think the Eagles is like a top three team going forward. If, if you're asking me, maybe maybe much I'll be the not as good as he used to be either. Not much as seen uh, Guzman. Guzman's not as good as he used to be either. Yeah, and Guido's sort of been struggling for a while. Even now that he's back, uh, and there's they, they have problems. Uh, uh, I think for for all for all the praise we give Ricardo Tuca Ferretti uh, about you know adapting to new styles of play, uh, you know having having his team play very defensive sometimes, and then having possession based style of play, uh, he's sort of not learned to adapt to to these new players coming in now. With uh, I don't know if Ener Valencia staying, but then you have Eduardo Vargas, and you have Celarayan. He sort of had this got, problem. Still got Sosa too. Yeah, he sort of has this problem where he has to fit all these offensive players in and, and make it all work, and he hasn't, to be honest. I think it's just like I said, it's cross the ball into the box, and hope Geniac scores a header or something. And uh, in typical Tuca fashion, he only made one substitution the whole game. And who was that? Eduardo Vargas. And who scored the tying goal? Eduardo Vargas. Eduardo Vargas. <laughs> Um, I don't know. They they would be looking way worse if they didn't have Pizarro that came back. So I mean, I, I bet they're happy to have him back. Yeah. Well, speaking of Pizarro, uh, Monterrey two, Morelia dos. Um, kind of like just the same mo. The the Nuevo León clubs kind of just sometimes. I think we just expect so much from Monter- Monterrey and uh, Tigres, don't we? Monterrey's been flat. They've been flat as ever. I can't even explain it. There's no and, excuse. And they're number two. And they're number two. And they're number two. Yeah, I was going to say, they're number two. Oh, my God. The problem is that they used to look better because Funes Mori was doing better. Yeah. He's doing terrible now. And and they got Madrigal kid who's kind of stepped up, but he's still like he's still not there yet. I saw Morelia played the Monterrey, especially in the second half. I, I saw they... They deserve the tie, and they could have gotten the victory. It would have been that surprising because they they got play Monterrey, in my opinion. Morella keeps stealing points from everyone. It seems like when when you think they're gonna lose, they always manage to somehow save at least a point, if not a win. They're in fourth place right now, Morelia. <laughs> yeah, out of the blue, they're just they they're, you know, they're undefeated in their last five games, and they got twelve points. But... Good to see a Michoacan club doing good. The only Michoacan club? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only one repping home. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think of uh, Pizarro so far? It's you know it's week seven now in Liga MX. Do you think he's integrating better or worse? Or I mean, I know it cuts it hurts for you Chivas fans, but what do you guys think? He's been doing really nothing, and Odebelin's been shining. So I don't really have any complaints at the moment. I feel like. If anything, Gail Sandoval kind of stepped into that place where Pistaro was, kind of linking up midfield and forward. But, yeah, just it's just kind of weird because I thought he would have been better at this point, but he really hasn't, which really trips me out. And that just goes to show. Did you guys see the Copa MX game with uh, Monterrey? And I can't even pronounce what that club's name is. I forgot, but uh, the lower tier division club. Menos. Menos. Yeah, yeah Menos. Yeah. They, that, that goal, like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that goal that was scored on Monterrey, it was so true. That's the, that's the worst goal I've seen oh, scored in the a while. One, so. Yeah, the one that came off of a goal kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah off the goal yeah. kick. And, yeah, it was, it was so That bizarre. was the drunkest goal I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and that kind of, you know, Monterrey are in second, which, you know, 
credit to them, but that kind of sum, sums up their season, and I feel like where it's heading because they have dumb, ill mistakes like that. It's, you know, it shows incompetence. I don't know. It seems like just with all these teams that have all the talent on their roster, they just have trouble, you know, putting that talent together and you know making it transcend on the pitch. New coaching. What was that? Duca, honestly, he hasn't been the best. And neither has Monterrey's coach. Diego Alonso. <clears throat> yep. They're getting results, but there's there's a time where that's going to stop just because of bad tactics. Uh, like, you know, you can have the best players on the field and throw them out on the pitch and try to get a win, and I feel like that's what Tuca's been doing for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you guys again. I think uh, I see Monterrey as your guys' Tigres. I think Monterrey is... We shouldn't take him seriously until very late in the season. I think this team is sort of booked for the league. Yeah, I, I think we sh- nobody should panic if if they if they tr- help trips um, these next few these next few weeks if they fall a few times. Um, I like Pizarro. I I know he hasn't done. I, I don't think he has scored since he arrived in Monterrey. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I don't think there is a better Mexican player on the ball. In Liga MX, uh, I think that really helps Monterrey in just their overall scheme when you have guys like Aviles Hurtado, Dorlan Pavon, and Funes Mori. If he gets healthy, I think he's going to go back to his scoring goals. So I'm not worried about Monterrey. I, I, I know they've, they've had some trouble. Uh, and the fact that they're in second place right now and they're not playing at their best is just testament of how good this team is, in my opinion. Uh, but again, I shouldn't be, I mean, I don't think anybody should be too worried about Monterrey if you're asking me. How instrumental do you think Funes Mori is to the the offense going forward? Oh, I think Funes Mori is a huge part for Monterrey. I mean, at least with it with Turco Mohamed, which was more of a direct manager, Diego Alonso is a little different. But Funes Mori is just so important in, in just the scheme of play because this is a team that can beat you technically because they, they just have so much talent. They have Aviles Hurtado, they have Dorlan Pavon. Now we have Rodolfo Pizarro, who, who's sort of like this player who who grabs the ball from the center of the midfield and can just take on two guys and, you know, just, uh, how can I, how can I say it more like just cause chaos and chaos is good because it, it, if you can cause chaos in the midfield and you have Dolan Pablo coming at you on a one V one, you're screwed because this guy is really good. He's, he's just going to run past you. And those sort of plays are, are really helpful. However, when you play better teams down the line, it's good to have somebody like Funes Mori as, as sort of a back plan where, where, you know, maybe they're beating you in the midfield, so let's just go long to Funes Mori. So I, I think once you get Funes Mori and, you know, healthy and back at 100%, everything's going to just, you know, build up from there. And I don't know. I, I really think this – I rate this Monterrey team highly. I think uh, especially when you have Funes Mori doing that, that sort of role tactically and scoring goals at the same time, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. And I think that, that goes in line with – we expect so much from Monterrey. Maybe that's why some people are a little bit down on them, just because we expect we expect them to play a certain way every week. So we like the bar is I'm so high for them. Six goals a week out here. <laughs> With the talent that they have, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I mean I don't think anyone's concerned. It's just like we just expect so much from them. But like you're you're saying that they're, they're one of the top teams come league at time. I'm not worried about that. And watching them play is just so much fun. They're second place. Come on, guys. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last, bro. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, Querétaro 2, Querétaro 2, Lobos 0. 
I mean, Querétaro, same story. Volpi doing Volpi things, and then Camilo scoring his goals. Yeah, he became the he became the club's top goal scorer in league play after those two goals. I, I think I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, but I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, yeah, he scores his goal in bunches. Yeah, they don't, they don't have that many great players in their history, but Camilo's definitely one of the best, if not the best. But well, yeah, they, they, Rafa, any of uh, Diaz, tell me if I'm wrong, but hasn't this Querétaro team only been around for like eight or nine years, technically? Oh, technically, if, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> took, yeah, they took who did they, whose spot did they take? Colorados was it? Chapas? I think Chapas. I think Chapas. Yeah. Oh, good old Chapas. Uh. <laughs> No, but uh, can we go back to Camilo, though? Because uh, this is a guy who, who was really, really good, and he got injured. Player of the week. He's the, D, uh, he's yeah. the D Rose of Liga MX. He just got... yeah, so but are we talking oh, about a guy who, if he would have never gotten injured, would this guy be playing for a bigger team? We're talking about maybe a Club America? Maybe. He just has to be healthy for more than 12 months in a row. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just very injury-prone, unfortunately. But, I mean, if he would have never gotten injured, are we talking about this guy maybe playing for Club America and becoming a really, really important part of that team or something like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I told you. He just keeps so. getting hurt. That's sick. There's only... He's been a beast since he left MLS. He has. Since he, quote-unquote, forced Everybody's his move. a beast after they leave MLS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been crucial for Querétaro all these years. Back when they had that whole Brazilian lineup, they had, like, a bunch of Brazil players. He was one of them. He's been huge for that organization as a whole. But yeah, Querétaro's got a, like a strong middle. They got they got Volpi in the back. Guamas is playing really well, and then they got Camilo leading the line. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're gonna win it or anything, but they're a nice little little squad, you know. Wait, what, what what was that name in the midfield that you said? Javier Guamas. Guamas. Uh, oh my God, Guamas. we're finally talking about Guamas again. Jesus Christ, what? Twelve months after all the hype. <laughs> Oh, I remember him yeah, like we... two knee injuries ago. Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be a nice big thing, man. We're just saying he was going to be a nice Rafa. Didn't you say Querétaro is the place where careers go to die, Nestor, in one of our episodes? Uh, honestly, it is. <laughs> they have a strong Brazilian presence. <laughs> They it's got like, a good little squad. Yeah, they got a nice, nice little squad. Nice little squad. Um, moving on, Toluca, Leon. Toluca one, Leon dos. Leon's resurgent. Bocelli just scoring goals for fun. Hundredth goal, wasn't it? This was it. Was it this jornada? Or was it the jornada pass? Or was it America? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was the one pass. But but either way, still still playing really really well. He he deserved. Yeah, it just goes to show how much how much wins matter in, in short tournaments like this, like Liga Mackey's, because they were terrible coming into the season. But uh, the past few weeks, like they torched Querétaro four zero. Then they, you know, they lost to Cruz Azul three zero, so that was bad. But then they bounced back, beat America, and now they beat Toluca. So just with those three wins that they had, they're already back in contention for a playoff spot. <clears throat> It's all about the wins, but we'll we'll see what this team does moving forward. They got a they got a nice little squad too. Like people forget about um how important Luis Montes still is 
he's like he, after the the whole injury that he had with Mexico and that kind of derailed his career a little bit. But he's 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 been really good. I'm pretty sure last season he was one of the top assist leaders. So he's still pretty crucial. And then of course, like you said, Boselli, I mean, he just all he does is score goals. Well, the thing about it. No, go ahead. Toluca also missed like um, then Sambuesa miss is injured and and Canel is also injured and they like I said that team when they lost Auche they lost Uribe like they're they're not as good squad wise from last from the last tournament. Plus, if you For don't sure. have Sambuesa, you don't have Canelo, then what well, the team really really suffered are suffering from until if Sambuesa doesn't. Pick healthy, they're not gonna do. There's not gonna do well. There's some Buesa dependent. That's true, but I think with Leona, they're just so inconsistent. Uh, I might have written this in my past article. Well, you know, a few weeks they're looking like the best team in Mexico, and the next they're just losing. You know, four zero against Veracruz or whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just extremely inconsistent. Uh, but I, they do have good players, and and they sneak into the playoffs. You just never know what can happen. That's pretty much the MO of the whole league. Just sneak into the playoffs and see what happens. Yep. Uh, last game of the week, Santos Cruz Azul 1-1. Ness, tell me why Cruz Azul is, deserves the number one spot in our power rankings. Man, this is Diaz. They're getting, now it's to the point they're starting to do it off ties and all this other, but they deserve to be in number one because they haven't lost. That's the honest truth. And while they haven't yet, I don't know, but with they've just been looking spectacular and I can't even front. I'm the biggest Cruz Azul hater out there because they always let what people is down. But Are you giving Cruz Azul yeah. a compliment right now? Yeah, yes, I am. The Cruz Azul slander has, uh, has oh, stopped okay. for a bit. We kind of got to praise them. I feel like when I start praising them as I am now, they're going to start losing. So it's like reverse psychology. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But they've been, they've been playing, I want to say lights out because they are giving up goals every now and then. But I feel like if any year was the year, this might be the year. In the league, Cruz Azul have scored 11 goals and have only given up two goals, and that's by far the lowest amount in the league. And both yeah, of them then... ties, which when you really think about it, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah they deserve to be up there. <clears throat> I guess they let's face... just... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, they face Necaxa next, so... Necaxa is a good team, but... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. They face Veracruz next. So, yeah, that's definitely a win in the books. That's a guaranteed W. Elias Hernandez is going to run circles around that, that midfield to be sending crosses in left and right. Yeah, I know they just beat Cholos, but, I mean, come on now. They're going to – it's going to be another Tigres game, 4-0. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see it. And then Flores has been playing really well this year as well. And just I think, yeah, playing really, really well. Just another person we're going to look out for. He's always been instrumental to them, but – He's kind of showing out this season as well in his link-up play, especially with the forward that's been really great too. And then Corona, obviously, a great goalkeeper. Well, let's just go right into the, the power rankings. Let's uh, start yelling and shit. All right, who you got number one? Is it Cruz Azul? It is. Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul is close second. <laughs> All right, who do we got number two? I got Monterrey. Yeah, I got Monterrey. Yeah. So. yeah. Same. Point earlier about that. Number three, Santos, Monarcas, America, Pumas. I got two America okay. number three. I'm okay with Santos at three. Yeah, I think Santos should be three. I'll give it to Santos. And then 
So I got Cruz Azul, Monterrey, Santos, and then America. Yeah. I got. Yeah. I got Chivas five. Come on, man. Help me. Help me out here, guys. Come on. Come on. Five games of Chivas Three games in La Liga. Three games in La Liga. We just beat Morelia and Copa. I know that might not be much, but come on. Give me that. Come on, man. Give me that. Going for another double. All right. So who do we got at five? It's not Chivas. I think Morelia. Come on, man. <laughs> I have Tigres just because it's Tigres. Yeah, I would, I would, I would rather put Tigres more than Morelia. I mean, Morelia's got. I mean, are we talking about power rankings as in like just in the moment or who we think, you know? Yeah, like the moment, the, the moment, not 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 overall, just like the right now. Yeah, week to week, right yeah, now, yeah. week to week. Who's looking good? Yeah. I I'll still put Tigres because like. We can't just go by like the league standings either. No, no. All right, let's go with Tigers. Let's go with Tigers at five. Can I just give a shout out to Santos? Who I think are are playing well despite all all the crap they've gone through. Um, yeah. I think they've just been stupendous. I mean, they they've kept their cool. They're they're playing really good football. I think everybody's responding. I I think this last game they had Julio Furchinger, but they still managed to to get the draw against Cruz Azul. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna last long, but if they at least make the league or something, it, it's worth you know just showing respect to because I mean they are the defending champions and uh, and, and that does d- deserve some respect in, in some sorts. But uh, just all the all the crap they've gone through and if they make the league and then you know that's that would be a great. Uh, I just really like what Santos are doing right now. It's hard to like give them credit for all the crap they've gone through when all that crap has been self-inflicted, but you're right. They've yeah, but it, I mean, they hold it together. They've held it together. Yeah, as a team, you know, we all have we all have our issues, and they've managed to push through it. I mean, I'm talking about fucking Pumas, and look at them. They can't even. I mean, they're they have they have all these problems. They they fix it by you know keeping the same coach, uh, letting go of players like Alcoba, which. It's sort of been the same. Alcoba, ironically, uh, Alcoba is the one that's causing all the problems at Santos. He got ter- kicked out of Pumas because rumor has it he was causing all the all the drama in the locker room with Pumas. So I mean, you know, there, there's different ways of handling it, and I think the way Santos have done it is just yeah, worth mentioning. Alcoba, locker room cancer. Do you guys see those stats? As far as when I remember, I was looking at one that Premier League when they when a when a club loses a coach that their wins actually end up increasing. I don't know if that has that has, would be have any correlation do with anything in ML I mean, oh my god, Liga Mekis. But I don't know, maybe there's a thing there because Santos are doing really well. Vera Cruz just got their win. They not too long ago recently lost their coach. So I don't know if that has any merit in Liga MX, but I just kinda of find that interesting when a when a team does lose their coach that, you know, the first few games at least they end up winning or they look better than they were before. I think it's just the players trying to impress their new coach. I don't know. It's me. Um, okay, so we got Cruz Azul, Monterrey, Santos, America, Tigres at five. Who we got at six? Querétaro? Uh, I think Chivas. Chivas? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there, man. Yeah, I like Chivas. Yeah. Come on, don't hit me with that Querétaro, man. I'm about to get upset. I'm about to throw my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Querétaro, seven? I think Morelia, seven. Morelia, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Morelia, seven. And then Querétaro. 
I'd say, yeah. Alright. And who do we got nine? Just uh Not Boom. <laughs> Tigre? No, no, I'll, I'll go with Leon. Leon. Alright, we'll give it Leon. Alright, so we got Cruz Azul, Monterrey, Santos, America, Tigres, Chivas at six, seven Morelia, Querétaro, and then just missing out, Leon. Only a couple more weeks before Chivas is at the top, guys. I'm letting y'all know now. Oh, you know, baby, number one, aim for the number one spot. All right, moving on. Um, Mexico released the or before we get to that, real quick, let's just Mexicans abroad. Guti finally joining them, signing with a PSV today, five-year deal. Thoughts, concerns, tears of joy. What are you guys thinking? Oh, damn time. Finally. Hey, man, Lozano, just man, you know. They're they're good friends and it's just nice to see them do do a big in Europe now. So we'll see what Guti can do because they're in the group stages of the Champions League now. PSV is so you know maybe if he ends up getting a start or maybe he can impress in a cup game at the Netherlands. We'll see what happens, but I'm really excited and I know Lozano will 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 put a good word into the coach and see what they can do with that. But uh, I'm really I'm really excited as far as uh, what Guti can do overseas and. You know, but seeing him Pachuca, it's been really, really nice. But it's time for him to kind of elevate that game level and hopefully get called more into the Mexican squad so that way we can start replacing the older generations as the Guadalados and everyone else in the midfield. Yeah, and it's good to see a, a fresh Mexican face in Europe because lately Mexicans in Europe have been not working out so good because with the whole Reyes not finding a club till now, Fabian still doesn't have a club, Alanis... Has a club, but like barely. Maybe. I mean, Chicharro's not playing. It's not looking good for that generation right now in Europe. So it's good I to just, have a uh, yeah. cup game. That's so a good, good thing. Not playing. Oh, he league. did. He did. Yeah. He did. He did. Credit to Chicharro. But um, yeah, it's just it's nice. I was disappointed when the whole deal supposedly fell through earlier uh, this month. So finally, good to see. And I liked I liked the way they announced it too. When they announced when they like posted the tweet of Chucky FaceTiming Guti. I don't know if y'all saw that. That's yeah. kind of how they yeah, teased it. That. Yeah, well, as soon as that happened, I. As soon as that happened, I quickly went to their official website and they had they had the the news already, but it was like in Dutch. So I'm like copying and pasting to Google Translate, and I'm like, oh shit, it's official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got all the feels when I saw that. I was like, yes. I was seeing old pictures of them hugging each other on the pitch in Pachuca and, you know, growing up together. And I'm just like, man, it's just, it's just really nice to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, anyone else stand out for you in Europe so far, at least early on? I mean, for me, it's got to be Pollo Briseño in uh, Ferenze. I mean, he's he's been doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. You think he was snubbed from the national team? A little bit. I wish he would have been called up, but I mean, he's only and 24. I you guys were called, weren't called up or snubbed? As far as I mean, other than so-and-so. I mean, I I can't really think of anyone who was snubbed. I mean, trophies. Really, you want to get into this discussion with trophies right now? I Honestly, he know. deserves one call. Oh, come on, they call he the police. They call come he's, on, he's been critical. Up, dude, you want to sample? He's gonna get called up in the next true Moleto game where it's not a FIFA date. <laughs> <laughs> That's a he fact. He deserved it more than Toledo. He deserved it more than Toledo. He deserved it more than Jonathan. <laughs> Different positions, though. Different positions. They can make it work. Yeah. They don't need Allen there. Cruz Azul just lost to Atlas. One nothing for my mix. 
They there lost to Atlas? Yeah, just, just now. One nothing. So, a point for Atlas. Like, I'm I'm glad Gutierrez is leaving. This is the kind of deals we need in Mexico. Mexican players, middle Mexican players to go go to teams like that, like PSB. Like that. I think it's gonna be uh, I think he's gonna do well for uh Hold on, is Guti a middle Mexican player? I think he's um, on the higher echelon. Well, he's he's doing good, but he I mean he's middle, still, like, he's he, still twenty three. He's twenty three. Yeah, yeah, one hundred and sixty games and captain for a team already in Liga MX. Like come on, that's not just every Mexican does that. Yeah, but he's not the finished product yeah. either. No, but I'm not no, no, I'm at saying the same time, no, but he can like, like, around some guys in Europe too. He was like he he made the World Cup team, but he was like a twenty-fourth player, twenty-three, twenty-fourth player. I mean he will he wouldn't have made it if if maybe if Araujo and others are injured, that's what that's why I mean Mill. He's like twenty like twenty-five seri seri guys. But those are the guy the guys that we need to go to Europe, not only the top talent that started for the national team. In indisputable in stars, we need guys like like Gutierrez to go to teams like that so they can grow and stuff like that. That's why I mean, I, I think he's a great player. He's talented, but he still he still hasn't done much with the national team, and he's still like he's still in the mid middle of said to be a, like a star player, but he's still not there yet, in my opinion. But that's that's kind that's the kind of players that we need to leave. Like guys, like I hope Alvarado leaves. I hope Linus leaves. But if they also, also guys like like Gutierrez, like guys like that, like uh, that that aren't as, uh, as as a prime stars. And, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm really. I, this is the move. Like it makes with him. It is. It was a bad summer transfer. I still, I don't think it's bad anymore with him and Araujo leaving. That's like a. I think it's like a a little average to to fair. Season like, but it's not the disaster season that was well, before. Now, yeah, but disasters is what the hell happened to Fabian? Oh, well, that's yeah, that's for I mean, so the story we keep hearing is that it was a he failed a physical. Fabian says that's not true, and then another rumor came out today that was it the president of Fenerbahce found out that Fabian was gonna take a, a contract for like half at another at what Busapor and Bussapur, yeah. So then he changed his contract offer to Fabian, and Fabian said no. And next thing you know, he's failing a medical. That's just that's just world soccer in a nutshell, right there. That's crazy. Um, the the way a team can just lie like that. I mean, because we, I mean, we know it's not true. He, there's Come no way like, he turkey. failed that medical. What do you expect? What'd you say? It's turkey. Well, yeah, he, ha- turkey. he has as, until Friday, you know, basically. They operate and everything. They have rabid fans, and once the fans found out that Fabian was going over there, I forgot who was mentioning it in the, when you guys were, were, were all talking earlier, but they were, that the fans are calling to Mr. Glass and all this other BS because of the back problems oh, yeah. that he's had. And they didn't, and if you guys really noticed the differences, they didn't announce the way they announced the Diego Reyes transfer. They had a, he had a bogus ass, uh, what is it called? Uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, it's um, not a flag. He had a uh, what scarf, is it scarf, a bogus scarf at the airport. And for Diego Reyes, everybody was going all crazy and everything in the airport. Like you could pick up subtle differences of what they were trying to do. And then you had uh, that Fox Deportes reporter, you know, talking about the whole situation with Fabian and being and like a mouthpiece for him as far as reporting from his camp, I guess. So that whole thing about him 
doing doing the physical and actually passing it. How Fenerbahce just kind of lied about that. And now Diego Reyes is kind of staying there, so you don't know if that's going to affect him in any way. But, yeah, that leaves Fabian in a really bad situation, especially with not too much time left on the European. Well, so just Where's real that? quick to touch on that. Spain, Germany, and France are all open until Friday. And then uh, after that, September 1st, you have Denmark, Scotland, and Turkey. Netherlands closes September 2nd. Ru- Russia, September 6th. Portugal is open until September 21st. So, he's got time to go other places. But, just a really kind of bad situation for Fabian. Come to Chivas. Looking at Diego Reyes to be the last Mexican in Europe to go somewhere. Now we're looking at Fabian, you know, which was just playing uh, preseason games for uh, Frankfurt. And now, you know, he's kind of left on the out to that team because of the new head coach they got, which I think is really unfair. I'm not sure why he's not giving Fabian a, a real chance when Spazzello has been doing really good in defense over there as well. But it might also be that the coach said, hey, we're going to start this guy. I mean, you can stick around, but you're not going to be the starter. So maybe, I don't know. You never know. I mean, Fabian's not young. So maybe after he told him that, hey, well, you're not going to be yeah. a starter, maybe he's like, I will just dip out like, somewhere else. Yeah, like there's still this bias against Mexicans in Europe, but they can't perform up to the same levels they expect from European players or whether it be visa issues or, you know, things along those lines where, you know, we're like, oh, we could find this player rather than that. And then there was also another thing that I was seeing that Tar Marshall was talking about that, the Fenerbahce was actually, I think, getting close to getting Sissoko. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but a lot of things ended up happening with the whole Fenerbahce move and the reason why it fell apart. And I'm kind of glad he's not going to be playing there. But on that same note, I hope he plays somewhere else in Europe. Not there's always Chivas, right, Marco? <laughs> yeah, and I think they're, they're going to get Sissoko on a free. So it's nice to get what a player it? on a free. No, go ahead, Rafa. Was it Fenerbahce knocked out of the Champions League or what was it? Yes, they're going to do Europa League. So that sort of takes an economic hit on them. Uh, but just to ask you guys, um, you know, regardless, does Marco Fabian even have a future with the Mexico national team if we're looking at it in a bigger picture? Uh, I would say he could, but he's not going to be a starter. He could be like one of those guys. Two to three years where he could be coming in and be a potential starter, maybe phase out some of those older players, but he is one of those older players. So I don't know, maybe, you know, he'd be one of those players that not remembered for L3, but, you know, still played a monumental part in that transitioning phase between generations. I mean, he's 20, he just turned 29 this summer. So I think he's got a couple years of the national team. Oh yeah. Same with me. That's what I'm thinking as well. But at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, Mad if he doesn't get called up or anything, but I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Do you think he fulfilled his potential? Um, I think he. Hopefully, he's like one of those last players that was ready to go when he was in his early twenties and never got the chance to go until he was later in his twenties. Hopefully, he's like the last breed of those guys. Like, if if Guti didn't leave this summer and was stuck in Pachuca for like two or three more years, that's basically what Fabian was. Because I remember the hype around Fabian when he was like 21, 22. Yeah. I mean, he kind of stalled. That's what happened. He His career stalled, you know? I'm just like, remember, you guys remember the rumor in, was it 2013, 2022, where a, a club from uh, the Qatar League wanted him? 
think so. Any of you guys that remember that? Rumor that, that? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. That was back when the the United Arab Arab countries were like buying players and like paying them like a ridiculous amount of money. And he was one of those I guys. Took it if I was him. <laughs> but there's no booze in those countries, so I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, unless you go on to the the hotels that are the resorts, and you can be chilling up in there, getting drunk. <laughs> uh, uh, Rafa Diaz, what are your thoughts on the call up for Mexico? Just general thoughts. General thoughts, I like it. I, like I said on Twitter, looking to the future, I like that. Um, you know, I, I think this is where you have to go. Uh, I, it's not confirmed, but I, I'm pretty sure the Federation was the one who picked the players. I, I mean, I'm sure they, they talked to Tuca. Oh, sure. uh, but, um, but I think this is mostly their, their, their players, the, the ones they chose. Uh, I like it. I, I, I really can't complain. Um, I might disagree with it, with some of the decisions you guys are going to disagree with. Like, for example, I like Alan Pulido. Uh, I think he, he is more or less one of the future forwards with the Mexico national team. Just just because he, he he's taller, he's just he has more of that. You know, the number nine. Physical, that number nine, but yeah, like who who else is a Mexican number nine, number nine besides him and Jimenez yeah. and I guess Chicharito, if you want to yeah, call him that. Yeah, Chicharito sort of Hybrid, on his way yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, who else? Hold on, Chicharito's a nine boy. We about to we about to open up the category then. <laughs> Chicharito, to be honest, Chicharito was was really crap when it came to just being a disorder's target man. Uh, but I mean, bad. with Juan, with Juan Carlos, you guys remember that goal at La Azteca when he tried playing in the back, and then Michael Bradley got the ball, and he came down and he chipped the he chipped the choice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was he, like, that's why you don't play up to Chicha that way. Yeah, but he Target improved that. under under Juan Carlos Osorio. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I, oh, without question, a lot of players did. But I mean, he's just not that sort of player. He's not Raúl Jiménez. I, I mean, ideally, if Mexico could have somebody like Raúl Jiménez and Chicharito combined, that would be like, oof, like our starting number nine without a question. But unfortunately, we d- we don't have a player like that. Uh, so not since Borghetti. Uh, well, yeah, Borghetti was was a pretty good good choice. Uh, but I mean, Pulido is sort of like I think, just what we have, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, he's not going to blow anybody away, but he's sort of that player uh, that sort of fits that category. Uh, but other players, I, I just really like this call up list in general. Uh, I also like the fact that Ochoa stayed because I, I think at the end of the day, you do need somebody who who's experienced there, and just having somebody, especially the goalkeeper, just to lead from the back is is sort of important when it comes to these young players. Uh, but like I said, overall, I really like this team. Rafa Hernandez? <laughs> no, um, let's, uh, let's see. Like, I don't like some of the... I don't like. I don't think Pulido should have been called up if you're going to go with you. There, there are not many guys who I think Henry Martin was... He's doing, like, even though he's not doing great, I think he's doing better than Pulido, who hasn't done anything to for this call-up. But, uh, and I'm... And, I like that he's going with youth because he's friendlier. I, I just wish that we that I don't know if I think we're gonna lose both games. Like, I don't, if they're gonna go with maybe in October, like it's a weird situation because like um, we're gonna play the United States. Like a terrible. I hate playing friendlies against the United States, and now, although. I think they're gonna go with youth and people. It's it's tough because if like 
because he's too off already, maybe he's gonna get more. He's not gonna, and because he's 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 not gonna get um, he's gonna get more credit because I don't know why people Mexicans love too off already. But like, wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine this is the perfect time to play the kids when you have an interim coach who doesn't even want the job, so he doesn't yeah, care if he wins or loses. But I wish, like, I wish they had, they do had done better with the rivals. Then, like, if 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 you're gonna play like youth guys, then don't go against teams like uh, don't play the United States because I'm like, it's gonna be like uh, where Barry Souls like don't Uruguay is also a team that well Uruguay maybe because but they're a rough team they're like a like a a, a team that fouls a lot of uh, guys like I wish like. I wish they had. Yeah, they scheduled these games like six months ago. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's like a bad. Like there's, I think they're gonna do the thing. For example, this is the the they're they're going with youth guys, and they're going playing. The this is why I don't get this federation. Like they're gonna play in October, and they're they're saying that the switch. Like the switch, and because of allowing Tuca Ferretti, it's supposedly a rumor. This is just a rumor, but they're saying that because of Tigres allowing Tuca Ferretti to coach, that they're gonna move a, a game, a September friendly game, a, a, a to Monterrey to Tigres Stadium, and it's gonna be against Chile. And I'm like, no, after the seven zero and all that, why are you playing Chile? Why are you playing the United States? Like it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm like. I like tasting youth, but I, I don't like the rivals they're chosen. Like like the, if we we lose badly against the United States, we lose then then people are gonna go like it's yeah, gonna Yeah, I hate playing the US. Team. It's so stupid. Yeah, the, 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 the friendlies I'm not little the rivals I'm not I'm not sold on it. Like Uruguay's going even if they have another coach they're going with their full team and like and it's I'm not a little like not worried. I'm a little like worried like about not the squad, but I think they it's not there wasn't a good plan to play. Like it's great that he's going with youth and that the friendlies are Molera and all that, but I I wish they had gone with another rivals. I wish they had gone with with, with a Costa Rica, with an Ecuador, a, a team like a Peru, Peru. Yeah, like a, a second tier team as opposed to Uruguay. A team that you don't have like the either the the young young players can play, like show their stuff, like I'm I'm just scared that I'm gonna kick the crap out of Linus, the Uruguayans, and the United States is gonna be like, I swear, why he playing the United States? Yeah, like, it's I wish so stupid. But you know what? Hopefully this, hopefully that check clears, and the FMF can just use that money to hire a good coach. But we'll see. <laughs> the other thing is that people like Tuca, and because of Damolero and all that, that maybe people because are all because area is sold on on Tuca for any. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Guys like Martin Del Palacio, all guys like I, I realize, oh, everybody's on board with him too, Cafferetti, and I, I, I have my doubts about that guy. Um, but este, hopefully he's going. He only he's been saying that it's only going to be like this game, and hopefully that's the hope because I'm, I see a big push from fans from area to like convince Tuca Cafferetti, and then there's a the other problem that. If the federation tries it a lot and Tuca finally says no, like he said he he's he's going to do. Then you're gonna end up like a Marco Fabian with the national team. Less. We're gonna be like, okay, oh, Tucadín accepted. Okay, who's higher? Everybody, who's, who's down for the job? Nobody. Oh, well. Who, Carlos Quiroz, I don't know what. They're, they're gonna be wasting it. 
Uh, we we hope- need to have a coach by the by like the October friendlies. I mean, this is just this is ridiculous. Yeah, but the, the planning. I think there's a strong there's a like a lot of thought that uh, the the people are going to try to get Tukov ready to stay, and they're going they're, they're going to that that's a big plan of the federation to to like give to hope Tuka gets convinced to stay, and he already said no, so. Um, uh, I kind of like it. I hope they. I. I, I hope that whatever they do, either he's, either he stays or leaves. But like he get for now because my 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 worry is that he stays. Is he he doesn't stay and then but the federation sinks and puts all the eggs in that bad bad that basket and then they they're gonna be just this is gonna be like the authority all over again. Yeah, we don't really need that happening. Um. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, do you guys think um, Guti even plays in these games, or he just takes he steps down? I think he should. He should. Um, but we don't know because he that the thing was just announced today. I think he should stay in, in the Netherlands. Yeah, he's flying out there tonight. He said in that video with uh with Losano. So we shall yeah, I think see. He just drop it. I think um, it just, as we just... speak, he's ripping off his captain armband, saying about damn time. <laughs> uh, well, is there uh, anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap up? Well, I think we just back it. to to Guti. Um, uh, what sort of what is the planning? Of just what do you guys think is the planning behind the signing? Uh, in in a PSV perspective, is this like a just a? Are we thinking about holding on to Guti for the next five years? Like they say, it's five uh, five season contract, or are we trying to get a? Uh, quick money on him and sell him in one or two years. Like, what is the planning behind this Guti signing? Because uh, let's be honest, develop him, my opinion. But let's yeah. be honest, Guti is not an Hector Herrera. This is not, uh, you know, he's just not a dynamic player. This is not an up and down guy. This is not I mean, a box to box. Don't sell him. Don't sell him short either. He's a really good yeah. technical player, in my in my opinion. And you know, PSV is a league that's well known to developing players just based off the fact that. It helps them accommodate to being in the league. You know, you've you've heard I've heard stories in the past about people having personal chefs, or you know, Irving Lozano having chef that more so makes food for him that reminds him back at home, and you know, just helping them adjust to the European playing style, and overall just getting his game better. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I feel like the first year they're gonna see where he goes. I'm not saying he's gonna stay on the bench primarily. He's gonna get a few starts, see what he can do, but I really hope that he takes most advantage of that, and then feel like second or third year you know they'll start seeing what happens and if he's more involved in the squad gets more assists things along those lines you get more hype build up around him and then by year uh, three or four he might end up getting sold again if not he might end up becoming like a guardado or moreno where they just kind of stay there for a few years and kind of see what happens until a la liga team is good enough for them or you know a mid-level la liga team or something along those lines i mean can you can't you guys see him taking the guardado role the deep, the deep line uh, playmaker. That's, See, that's, what, that's, my, that's, that's where they're gonna play him. That's where they're gonna play him. They play two deep midfielders. So, but that's my big worry. I don't think he is capable yet of playing that sort of position. And at the same time, I don't think he is like, for example, a Luka Modric type player. I don't think he's an Hector, Hector Herrera type player. And that worries me because I don't think that makes him very marketable. Um, so. I'm thinking now, if your PSV is this a guy you're trying to hold on for two, three, four years, whatever, uh, and you know, just be a big part of this team, 
or are you looking for or, or is their thinking sort of like with Urban Lozano where is this guy going to play one or two years and then bam let's sell him to some team in Spain or in Italy or whatever because that's what I'm worried about because I don't see him as a uh, is he capable of playing like a Guardado type player absolutely is he ready for it now I don't think so and that's well, what I'm worried about it's a five-year deal so I mean we'll see but like you were saying don't sell him short yet but I mean if there's one place that will develop him it's PSV PSV yeah. He's been the air divisa. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'd be happy happy either way. They sell him for a profit in a couple of years, or he stays there for three, four, five years. I mean, it's not like they paid ten million euros for him or anything. You know, they they always make smart financial decisions. So, and the fact that Pachuca probably has thirty percent of his contract, that might sway them to keep him because they're like, you know, we're not gonna get the full percentage of his fee, so let's just we can just hold on to him. So, I don't know. I trust I trust PSV. You trust? Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't been impressed with their their last few games. Uh, I I think they sort of it's, took a step back. Well, it's with, Champions uh, League. You know, they're also trying to qualify for Champions League, so I don't know. It was, but I mean, just tactically, I think they they look a lot different than when Koku uh, was in charge. Um, I know Van Bommel is actually a midfielder like Guti, but uh, I don't know. I don't see it this year. Well, you know, all Mexican players have done well with PS- PSB. Well, maybe Porto, but PSB has been that like every Mexican that has gone to PSB has done well. So maybe yeah. I think he keeps the streak alive. Yeah, that's yeah, the Mexican capital in Europe. There, so. The Mexican you know, capital in there Europe. Was, they're five yeah, for first five. There was, yeah, first it was Salcedo, and, and then there Masa. was Massa. Yeah, there was. Guardado, then Moreno, and then Lozano, and now Guti. So, I mean, six Mexicans, and they've all had pretty good European careers. I trust PSV at this point, and it is under a different direction than it was under Goku. And Goku's done great with the Mexican players that he did have, and he really trusted in them, and that's something that you don't see in a lot of European coaches. But, you know, Lozano's starting to break a lot of walls over there, and he's getting a lot of attention. So, hopefully Guti can benefit from some of that. Do you guys think Lozano moves before? No. No. Who can afford him? EPL? That window's closed. La Liga? I mean, yeah, Lozano. The Champions, once they got through to the Champions League, I think they're going to they're gonna wait for him to... He's what, good, yeah. The value's going to now. And one thing to remember is that the rule that ties you to your Champions League club is gone. So if he plays the PSV and they get knocked down the group stage and he moves in January, he can play in Champions League for another club. How long do you guys feel Lozano has left before he makes that next big leap into another club where, you know, he gets two or three months to prove himself, and after that, it's done or done so? He has to, I think he's got to move by next summer. Yeah, I think this is his I'm last season there. most another year. If he has the same yeah. type of year, he if he has any, like, sorts of the type of year he had last year with PSV, this, is, this most definitely is probably going to be his last season there. And then we got to see who he's going to turn into, you know, because you remember all that hype about Memphis Depay and what he did in the PPL? No, a lot of that could be also on the coaches that man Bro, had. Bro, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. I know, you, know, you know what I mean, though. You know, it's like a lot of players yeah, look yeah. good in the Netherlands and as far as the edit of EC, but when it comes outside of that, it's when it gets more tougher and more physical. Like, I think Lozano will be one of those players who can actually respond, though, you know, getting kicked in the chest by the Russian goalie. No, build, build, build the character. Hmm? Go ahead. The Paisan doing well in France. 
I think he's doing well now in. Yeah, he's doing really well in France. Yep. Is that uh, where is he at again? Is he at Marseille or Olympique? Lyon. He's, yeah, he's, he's at Lyon. Lyon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is at Lyon? Yeah, he's at Lyon. Right. Uh, how do you think? How do you think he's gonna go for Reyes? Uh, well, I feel like he's gonna do bad for like one game. He's gonna do good until one game, and then the fans are just gonna torture shit like they did with Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre the way they reacted differently to those two. I have yeah, no uh, idea it, why they, why they have maybe is it even how old is Diego Reyes? He's like twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. There's what three four year difference? Like why? I don't know, man. Like yeah, I feel, I, have no idea. I I feel like Fabian's proven more in Europe with the season that the couple of seasons that he's had, even with injury, than Diego Reyes has. Even though Diego had that one good season at Real Sociedad, and no, you know for Porto no, no. he was real iffy where. He'd be wearing the captain's See, I, I don't follow. I don't follow Fenerbahce, so I don't know if there was a, a rumor of another bigger player, and then they got Fabian. So that might also be it. Where they thought we're getting into I don't know, but they were. Yeah, we'll see. They were. Yeah. They're they're kind of hyped about that. I even saw the official press release and it yeah. mentioned Sissoko by name. So I was like, well, that was right after the Fabian announcement. So I'm like, well, we'll see what happens. But yeah, the Fabian thing, I feel like he's gonna do well just because it's more of an attacking league in that sense it's weird though the center back he's playing next to oh what's his name he's playing the bpo for a long time is it skirtle yeah skirtle no it's skirtle yeah the inner yeah he used to play for inner milan if I'm mistaken. yeah i mean we'll see i mean or, the, the, the yeah. their their press release said he also plays d mid and right back so hopefully he does not play right back because that's <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to that game where Porto put him against Bayern Munich at right back. That was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and that, the, when they made the comeback, yeah. No, that they gave, I remember they were just like they were like, oh, Porto was up like what four four one, or yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was four. Somebody. And then at Diego Alcantara, like he made like a really great play. And he scored a goal, and I'm just like, I feel like that goal is gonna be really important next leg. And then Porto were celebrating like they won. I'm just like, uh, like I mean, you guys won this game, but. There's still a second leg, and then Bayern Munich came out not fucking around, and I think that under that time they were under Pep, weren't they? Mm, were they I think so. Yeah, yeah, they were under Pep. And yeah, I think it was his first year with them. Yeah. Second leg, and I was like, Jesus Christ! And Diego Reyes looked horrible, man. I was like, I just turned it off after a while. I was like, Yeah, ya no puedo. Well, he got subbed <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, he did for good reason. <laughs> Well, it was like the first time he's played, he's played right back in I don't know how many years. And it was like one of his only games that year with the Porto. That like, whole Porto saga, he'd be wearing the captain's armband, and the next week he'd be on the B team. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they were doing with him or what they expected from him. But I guess I thought I did right. And they finally got a, a, a coach that stayed. So, you know, it's real weird how it turns out for Mexicans of Europe, especially in Porto. With Layun and not working out. He had that one great year, and then fell out the second year. Then Tecatito, he's been he's been coming off the bench and doing really well, still scoring goals. But you'd still like to see him in a more starting role. It After just, that whole, it just depends who wants you in that organization, and then who keeps their job. Because uh, the guy, yeah. the guy who really wanted Gio, the manager, he got fired like a couple weeks after the transfer went through, and then pff, you never saw Gio again. <laughs> it's just that's just Fair how it is. Yeah, then she uh, does 
uh, first choice keeper never making it over there either. Went on loan to, I think, Porto never did anything. Um, Anything else before we sign off? All right, well, Ness, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me at Nescavelli, N-E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-L-L-I, Instagram, uh, Twitter, anything. You can see my trash hot takes and my awkward pauses on there. So, yeah, go ahead and follow me, guys. Antonio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, are we going down the line? I thought you were talking about all. My bad, my bad. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Antonio1998. Double underscore. That's two underscores at the end there. And yeah, man, follow me on there, so we can all enjoy um, these few months before Chivas inevitably is crowned champions again. Not first or last, baby. You know it. <laughs> okay, este Rafael Hernandez. Like you can follow me at at Comedia MX. That's Una maybe the name I changed that and um and also H R H S R H S you name in in YouTube for but uh el paquete the the videos about the, all the, most of my Mex- highlights of the Mexican league uh, of all all Mexican football related from 1997 up to 2017. And yeah, this is the other Rafa. Um, so we. I guess you can find me at FMF State of Mind. Uh, well, you can find all of us there. We're, this is where we write our articles. But um, yeah, I run the uh, FMF SOM account, which is the official FMF State of Mind account. Uh, shout out to Eugene as well, who's, who's been helping out quite a lot with the, uh, with the account. And yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you guys about it. First time here. And we hope to have you back. <laughs> Honestly, so. I was kind of surprised when he joined the podcast uh, thing. I was like, he never, he hasn't been here. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was, was he was just waiting for Pumas to like totally blow up, and then I, now he's like, this is my time. No, I, yeah, uh, I actually hate talking about Pumas, but hey, Pumas or Arsenal, which one do you want to talk about? Uh, they're both terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the hey, my like Obama, Obama Yang and uh, and like as they get it going though. Be unstoppable. You'll see. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking forward to my Lakers. That's all I'm doing. There we go. Man, I'm a Bulls fan. I try to hear nothing about the NBA. Uh, Yeah, we don't want to hear about the NBA. Anyways, um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Check in. Hopefully, next week we'll get you another episode. Thanks.